Hi, and welcome to the Practical Ascension Podcast. I'm your Practical Ascension Guide, Tracy Goody, and welcome to this Catalyst Podcast Series. Recently, I have contributed to a collaborative project. It's a multimedia magazine called Catalyst. So in this 2023 issue, we focused on awakening your inner change creator. This magazine is for you if you identify as someone who is here to persevere and really create change to connect into your soul truth and make things better. In this magazine, I am joined by 12 co-creators, all of whom are anchored in their soul truth and mission in their own way. Really, really powerful contributors. So in this series, I will be interviewing some of these fellow contributors so that you can get to know them and get a vibe for their brilliance that they bring to the world and to this project. You can get your copy of Catalyst Magazine at the link in the show notes below. Today, I'm joined by Holly McLaughlin. Holly is a work-life coach who inspires mission-driven work lives that are better for people and the planet. Her passion is for creating experiences and deeply connecting to your authentic self, accepting all of who you are and what you've been through so that you can tune in to what you really want to be experiencing in your work life and begin to thrive spiritually as well as practically. So welcome, Holly to the Practical Ascension podcast. I'm so excited uh, to speak with Holly today. She's a new connection for me. We are collaborators on Catalyst Magazine, and we share a lot of uh, very similar views about connecting with yourself and connecting with aspects of yourself. So welcome, Holly. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Tracy. It's uh, be here. I love it. So one of the things that I really um, resonate with you on is your view of looking at the whole self, not just looking at, you know, the sparkly and the lovely, fun aspects of self, but really integrating all of it together. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about why that is important to you and where that kind of flows from for you. Um, okay, so for me, it flows from my personal life story. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in an underprivileged background, quite a poor background, yeah. um, trauma, unintentional neglect, I would say, um, on multiple levels, you know, um, physical, mental, emotional, and so on. And really, what I found as I grew older mm-hmm. was that I didn't have a very good sense of who I am as a person and mm. um, I think when you go through major challenges at a young age it de- delays some of our development in yeah. in terms of knowing what we like what we don't like what our opinions are yeah who we are so we we have to build that sense of self and when we've had particularly adverse experiences it can be really hard to give ourselves permission to connect in with that and so for me that's been an incredible gift because I found my way through this and I've been able to share that with the people that I work with. Um, often my clients are people who have really faced all different kinds of adversity and all different kinds of barriers in their life, but we find those common threads, those universal stories. Mm. Um, and we we very much work to understand how we embrace both the light and the dark in our story I'm a big believer that some of the older ways of being in the world around you know we need to be good we need to be light um 
trying to be worthy, trying to be lovable, trying to be enough. Yeah, trying to be. <laughs> trying. Yeah. That's it. It takes us away from our authenticity. Yeah. And sometimes we need to go to the shadowy places to what's sometimes called the what I like to call the fertile void. Yeah. Um because it's a space where it's unknown, it's dark, it's scary. Often we don't want to go there because it might be painful and we don't know how to process those experiences. Yeah. And we've usually made up all kinds of stories. Mm -hmm. we're, we're great at making up meanings as yeah. human beings. And sometimes those stories are, we're not the most accurate storytellers. <laughs> I'm not, you're not. Yeah. We all look through various lenses and we don't even realise they're there. So yeah. I help yeah. people to not just find a new perspective, but to interpret their life story in a way that empowers them. Mm, I love that. And the way, like whenever you're speaking about it and kind of what we learn from early in life and how that shapes us right now, um, really what was jumping out to me was just like you said, like making sure that we're liked, making sure we're accepted, kind of that people pleasing takes over the narrative of who we are, who we have to be. And it sounds like you're really, really digging into, like you said, like that, that void, that darkness in order to bring out the empowerment that's actually in there in order, in order to bring out who who we really are and reconnect into those aspects of self so this energy of empowerment seems really connected like into the void area um i would love to know like i i know for myself um that would be something that like Previously, you know, I don't really want to go too much into those heavy emotions at the start of like my spiritual journey. At this point, I love it. Like it's, it's, that's my jam. I love getting into the depths of things. And when I'm working with somebody and they're like, you know, um, letting me know experience they're going through a challenge, they're going through in these big emotions. I'm like, yay. I'm like celebrating because I know what's on the other side of that for them. Do you find kind of like a similar energy that, that you've gone from working through your own um, stories and programs that kind of, it leads into the light? Um, yeah, so two things. First of all, I would say the the story that I create around light and shadow. Yeah. That I don't think the shadow really exists. I think it's so often um a broken lens or a mm -hmm. colored lens that we're looking for that makes us yeah. feel alone. Yeah. Lonely, desperate, helpless, hopeless. Um you know enraged even yeah um so that's just a little nuance because I think it's really important to recognize that when we're feeling when we're talking about shadow darkness heavy mm -hmm. sensations and experiences we are creating that within ourselves yeah mm -hmm. and it's not to say that and I, I say this through a trauma-informed lens so I just want to be Clear in case any listeners have been through some really awful experiences um you know I used to listen to a lot of talks and think oh well that person that they've obviously never been through anything as hard yeah. as I have you yeah. know yeah. yeah um and so I can say that the darkness doesn't exist it's it's holding on to an identity that isn't us that mm -hmm. creates it yeah and so when you say 
have I been through a journey with emotions? A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there is a collective story mm-hmm. and it plays out massively in society today yeah. that tells us in words sometimes tells us in body language tells us in very subtle messages at time yeah. it's not safe to feel that yeah mm-hmm. whatever that is for you whatever that scary place is and we tend to talk about emotions like as if love is light and as if despair is darkness yeah but in reality love can be one of the scariest and darkest places to go absolutely yeah <laughs> it, it depends on the story right and exactly and despair can be a place that is totally comfortable for us because it's what we know. And so part of personal development and personal growth is about recognizing that every emotion is a spectrum. Mm. And we want to have full access to the spectrum. It's not about being all light or all dark, all happy or all sad. It's about being able to be with the the reality of your life experience in its fullness without that energy getting stuck in you Mm, so so often when we have an emotion that we are afraid of Mm. being with or going to the reason we're afraid is because we don't know how to process it and let's be honest if you're going to put your attention on something that feels awful yucky sticky trapped to you if you then don't know what to do with it that is terrifying yeah if you think you're going to be stuck and if you think that's who you are (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So I think there's definitely um, there's definitely a need for us to learn how to be with our emotions safely mm. and to know how to then process them. And some of that is what I like to call emotional fluency. So it's having the language of emotions. Most of us have, when we talk about our emotions, we have a very limited range of words that we use. And when we can expand that range of the emotions um I use something and you can search for this you know if any listeners are are curious um there's a blog on my website on it as well but um if you type in tears of emotion it just gives you 21 different frequencies of emotion and it gives you the words you can use Mm -hmm. and then the next stage is you can learn to interpret emotions so one of my favorites was I used to be super angry and anger was like Again, another collective story here is feeling angry is bad. It makes you a bad person Mm -hmm. or it makes you an angry person and we attach it to our identity. But it's not our identity. It's just an experience we're having. Exactly. There's a big difference between feeling angry and acting behaviorally angry as in Mm. violence and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a really healthy emotion because it's, it's about boundaries. So this amazing phrase and it's not my phrase um I learned it from some of my teachers and it's you know anger is a natural response to a boundary being crossed mm, so every emotion has, <laughs> has a has a meaning behind it like this and when we can a let ourselves acknowledge that we have a certain feeling yeah. fear was one that we all have kind of a blind zone it's like the emotion that we don't want to admit that we have so mm-hmm. being fearful was an emotion I didn't want to feel mm-hmm. um and for a long time it was something I couldn't name I was like no no I'm not feeling that I'm just angry <laughs> yeah because it's like the underneath one that's something else I look at as well it's like there's that first emotion but then what's that emotion protecting which is like what 
you know, I'd often see anger is there because it's protecting something else underneath of it. Yeah. And I would add to the the conversation on emotion is mm-hmm. early on in the journey, it's about moving towards the pain because yeah. that's where the trapped energy is. That's the thing that's keeping us blocked. And what we tend to do is tell a big story. And it yeah. tends to be... Mind. We have three types of stories that we tell. We have what's called a victim story, which is where we're helpless. Everything's against us. There's no point in even trying because no matter how hard we try, you know, it will, nothing's going to change. Everything's going to be the same. Yeah. (laughs) And then we have what's called a overcoming story. And this is kind of like a false strategy to get the, the love and the acceptance and the worthiness that we all and belonging that we all crave as social beings. Um, and that story is one where we kind of te- tend to go into something around overwhelm and blame mm. or frustration and confusion yeah. or um, any kind of emotion that feels transitional, yep. where there's this tug of war and you don't know which way is up and down. You don't know, is it me, is it them? Is it me or the situation? And generally we've we've kind of, created strategies that are attempting to get us the emotional experience we want Mm -hmm. but we're not really ever going to get it with that strategy when we're in an overcoming story Mm -hmm. and then we have a great story which is like flow I might not be there yet but I'm totally on my journey I feel like I'm in the right place at the right time yeah um and so one of the ways to bring yourself out of those stories that keep us trapped is to not tell a story, but to name the emotions that need acknowledging in that story because mm. stories carry our emotional content. Mm. They also carry our meaning, so they do have value yeah. in terms of how we connect with our sense of self. Mm-hmm. The story we tell about ourselves is our identity, mm-hmm. but the emotions in the early stage is usually the thing that we need to admit that we're having because that's a true experience you and one of the things that keeps us stuck so often is we think oh I'm not allowed to feel that because we have that experience at some other past point people talk about childhood but it happens in adulthood as well yeah and yeah those those um those emotions need to be felt and acknowledged basically Mm, yeah what guidance would you give as kind of like a first step for somebody who recognizes that, you know, it's it's going to be really impactful for them to look at emotions, but are almost feeling kind of like they've shut that they've shut that off, but they are they are interested and they do feel the value in it. They feel drawn to do it. What guidance would you give to them as like a first step to to get back into that space, reconnect into that space? Great question. Yeah. I think this was something I really struggled with actually, and I know a lot of people do. Um there's no perfect first step. You know, mm-hmm. life is not necessarily linear. Yeah. But I think one of the breakthrough moments for me was when I realized that um in some of my life experiences, mm-hmm. I was n- not letting myself admit how I really felt. Yeah. about those events or those circumstances mm-hmm. because I had this story that meant it made me a bad person yeah. your version of it might be it makes you unlovable it makes you unworthy you have no value is another common one yeah. 
That's my favorite um, one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and undeserving, it can come out as, you know, we have all these variations on that around it. And when you realize that in any experience, your emotional response to it is always true and valid. Yeah. We doubt that. Yeah. And the reason we doubt it is because someone else will say, well, I didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or why are you feeling that way? Yeah. And what we have to learn is that two people can go through the exact same experience, the exact same circumstances, and they will both have a different experience. Yeah. Even though the environment and the container is identical. Mm. So, and that's because every single one of us is unique, both mm-hmm. spiritually and scientifically. Yeah. Our DNA is never the same. The way our brain is wired is never the same. It's completely unique. Mm-hmm. So your lens on the world will be completely unique to every experience you have. Yeah. So when we can allow ourselves to say, it's okay for me to have a different emotional experience than what other people said, then we can start to claim our story as our own. Mm. We can start to write our own story or author our own narrative mm. because we haven't got these blocks. Because obviously... If we don't agree with other people and they say, well, you shouldn't feel that, we lose our sense of connection. Yeah. Always looking for connection. Mm. And that, uh, so it feels like very much like you're, you're going into a space of validating yourself, but letting your nervous system be in a state where it is relaxed and you're, you're feeling that connection so that you're feeling safe to actually look at it and validate it and really open up that space. But I think that's a really good um, perspective to look at it from is, you know, I had this experience and that's valid. Somebody else had the same experience. They experienced it differently. They have a different story around it. And that's valid. Like everybody's story is valid. Just like you said, everybody's their own perspective, their own person, completely different. But validating yourself instead of that need for receiving that external validation for for your emotions I think that's a really powerful first step because that can like that can open up that can really open up this space for you then the floodgates might start then you know things might start opening up a bit more but when you give yourself that permission I think that's a really powerful step like that feels like a lot of heart chakra opening like oh my god I I'm actually allowed to feel this way I'm actually allowed you know, to do this is it, it isn't right or wrong. It doesn't mean that I'm unworthy, undeserving or a bad person. Like it's, that's a really powerful, um, powerful step, I think. Yeah. 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 I'm in the process of writing a, a book with four other coaches at the moment. Um, we meet every week for what we call a resiliency circle where we yeah. meet and we just name our emotions. We don't give any story and we just hold space for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's so validating be- mm. when someone else says, oh, yeah, I'll- I've had a bit of that this week. Yes. And when we're allowed to have a cocktail of emotions, like we think we have to feel one thing or the other. It's really normal to feel hope and hopelessness at the same time. Yeah. To yeah. feel kind of excitement and worry at the same time. Yeah. You know, and we feel like we have to pick one. And so often the paradox is like we can feel it all. Mm. It can be there. Um and interestingly, we haven't named the book yet, but we keep talking about permission slips. Yeah. And how the first step is always giving yourself permission. Yeah. 
after that it becomes learn to name what you're feeling Mm. what I can tell you is I had a really hard time with this I was so frustrated I you know I was trying to journal on questions like when I was a kid how did it feel to be around ex parent or such and such a person how did it what how did it feel for you and I I genuinely couldn't find the words so if that happening for anyone else I would say definitely journal on how it makes you feel to not know because yeah. that's what can open it up it's it's just yeah. and again some for some of us if we don't have a, a strong connection between our body and our mind mm. journaling doesn't work go for a walk and voice record it on your phone because your yeah. brain will make different connections that way yeah I agree yeah I I agree with that so something else that um I wanted um, us to look at it while while we're in this space is so we're looking at emotions and we're looking at kind of getting into those spaces, giving ourselves that permission, opening that up. As we're doing that, is there a particular um, kind of flow that we can look at? Like what moves us from recognizing that emotion, validating it, but then moving over to maybe in incorporating it into who we are or moving into more so empowerment like what what will be the connection there um I think that there are many different techniques mm-hmm. honestly I I know there are some practitioners out there who'll say you know this is the way and the only way and there's certain practitioners who are like oh you shouldn't hop from one to another I believe that different horses for different courses yeah um so we do have to play with different things mm-hmm. um but one of the processes that's been really helpful for me and it's really simple is let's say you and this is this is what I've written about in my catalyst within the magazine that we're in um is is how do you actually begin to do that process mm-hmm. so for me noticing how an emotion shows up for you matters so what i found through research is that it shows up differently for all of us depending on where on our journey we're at so in the early days sometimes and i say this in the early days as a gross generalization it may not happen this way for everybody but it tends to be that we notice a repeating thought we know we're in a cycle or a loop mm-hmm. we're not necessarily in tune with the emotion we just the thinking is kind of rattling away and and spiraling um so the way the way that we notice our emotions is through what i call the five bodies and this comes from yoga it's a model so, uh the sanskrit version is called the five koshas mm-hmm. um or the five layers of being and the idea is that we have our core being our authentic self our soul or true self um that is at the core of us and it's surrounded by all of these layers that kind of work together to connect the spiritual realm with the physical world that we live in Mm. and so those five layers are we have our physical body which has the five senses so you might notice your emotion because you feel like you've been punched in the stomach Mm. or because you've just felt like the blood drain through you mm-hmm. or you might notice it because your heart rate rises mm-hmm. or you might notice like that you've got permanent tension in an area of your yeah. body or you suddenly feel relaxed 
So that's a first way that you can notice emotion. It doesn't all have to be naming and, and you know, uh, sort of heady initially. Yeah. You might notice it through um, the digestive system, which mm-hmm. can be that we suddenly, um, our tummy will start bubbling, we'll belch, we might have wind, we might need to go to the loo a bit. We just think, oh, that's just my body. But sometimes when we try to get in touch with our emotions, it can be through that sensory system. Yeah. Other times it might be that a memory will come, a visual image will come. Mm-hmm. Um, it can even be that we suddenly get reminded of a smell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Music is yeah. another one, you know. Say, yeah, music really does that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first level of noticing is like notice what's going on in the physical body. Yeah. And then we have to try and convert those feel, those sensory systems into what is that emotionally? Mm. And we can't really say what that is emotionally unless we have an emotional language. Yeah. So I really recommend um, the language of emotions. I can't remember the author's name. I know her surname is McLaren, um, but I can I can send it to you afterwards. I'll link that in the show notes as well. Yeah, sure. Um, so that's when we're trying to kind of get a little bit more subtle Mm. then we can begin to notice our mind and our mind is kind of where we store all our stories all our meanings and all our strategies and it's not necessarily in our conscious mind you know so often the way we respond to something is more of a reaction and it's based on our past models but we can change those models um but if you haven't acknowledged the root emotion of a situation it's much more challenging to change that because emotionally there's still this energetic hook that's like, no, this is still you know squeezed or stuck. And then we have our energy body, which some people have experience of, some people don't. If it doesn't resonate for a listener, it will don't probably for it. anyone listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> but at the energetic level, we have kind of our energy system that runs through our physical body and then we have our energetic field around us as well and so the way that I personally clear emotions at that level is I use a lot of breath work yeah breath connects our physical body to our mind Mm -hmm. but it also clears our energy as well Mm -hmm. so I find those techniques work really well for me I find um I tend to steer away from a lot of energy practices yep. just because they can bypass and mean and they mean we don't process and then it shows up in another level of our being. Yes. So if we, yep. you know, a lot of people say, oh, you've got to do everything at the energy of the, at the level of the energy body. Yeah. But it's a dynamic system. Like everything flows, like your body, the way your body feels can change the way your emotions, mind and energy feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also your being can send messages to update your mind to update your energy your mind your emotions exactly. and- it's a one thing it's all together <laughs> so it goes both yeah. ways right yeah yeah and there's definitely times when you need to work on multiple la- layers of the being yep. there's definitely times when just working on one is enough yeah in my opinion in my lived experience mm-hmm. um but i think the big part is kind of recognizing our identity so often what we call I, when we talk about I in our story, is not our authentic self. Yeah. So we might call it the ego, but I feel like ego is attached to all these 
judgments and like you shouldn't have it and I don't want anyone to feel that way I'm like no it's 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 your protector yeah right it's yeah. been born to keep you safe when you didn't feel safe yeah and it's welcome and it's been set up yeah. to save you and thank goodness you had it right but yeah. then we have to learn to teach our protector to let go a little bit mm. we'll find as we grow and develop what can sometimes happen is we can have these real visceral responses where we know we want to go after that dream or that goal or that intentional, you know, whatever it is that you, you're desiring to create. But the levels in, in your system aren't in alignment. So mentally, you know where you want to go in your heart and emotionally you want to go there. Mm. But the body is going, I'm terrified. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so again, this is a little bit more advanced, but noticing which level of your being mm-hmm. is um, out of alignment mm-hmm. and noticing what you're identifying as me, mm-hmm. because I have this concept that I call the being, um, some people might call it your soul, and I believe that our being should be in control and the messages should come that way through. Mm-hmm. and then it should be receiving data from the physical body as like yeah. a feedback loop but the body shouldn't be in charge so yeah. often it is or our emotions are in charge and we call it kind of you know, getting emotionally hijacked yeah. or our mind is in charge and we call it rumination mm-hmm. um, or our energy is in charge and and you know it, it may not we might feel stuck or blocked yeah. no such a thing so it's the being that can reprogram it all and bring it into alignment so that you're ready to go in the direction you want with with less resistance oh sorry sorry less resistant yes um it reminds me of a visual when you're explaining that as well um where kind of like when you're operating from uh like a closed loop system you're operating like in a circle and you're like staying in that same loop staying in that same stuck and then when you expand that out um so when you're talking about this what it's really bringing to mind is really connecting within as like a powerful step and you're you're bringing in so many really beautiful golden nuggets of guidance for people to listen to here and another one is like so connecting with yourself so you you know you're not going to know whether you know what layer of being it's connected to or what your best step is if you're not taking that moment and taking that time to go within. So that feels really powerful as well. So it's like the visual moves from like that closed loop system to like, you take that like pinpoint and then you're like connecting within. And then all of a sudden there's a spiral in there and then the spiral can kind of like start to shift stuff. So like energetically, that's what I'm seeing. Um, as you're talking about this, you're like, you're interrupting the pattern and you're you're tapping into yourself and then from there there's the opportunity to to receive you know more so from above to um i call it more so like the observer or my soul self or something like that same same type of thing where that flows down and again yeah then then that energy can help you to heal and help you to create those new stories. Do you get like a similar vibe from that or how does that feel? Um, I think that's a huge part of it for sure. I think it's part of the story though. Yeah. Um, the other part of it is, you know, a big collective um, paradigm or belief system around emotions is that 
when we have emotions, we should have them alone. We shouldn't share them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we shouldn't share any emotions that feel constricting to us. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, I love your visual of the closed loop system. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that could be really helpful to draw out for some people, yeah. whatever you saw. Um, yeah. Because I think when when we're in a constricted space, we're very much in that closed loop circle and there's no new inputs. Yeah. And so often we're told, don't share your emotions unless you really, really trust someone, Mm. which I agree with. Yeah. And it can also feel really dangerous even to share a vulnerable moment, an emotion with someone that you do trust. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, learning to give yourself permission to take tiny steps mm. to how you truly feel to let that those parts of you that are held in that are compressed that aren't allowed to shine out that you want to be seen but are afraid to let be seen yeah you have to do it very gradually in the beginning yeah. it's kind of like if you've never been swimming before you don't want to dive into the deepest pool straight yeah. away yep. you probably want to start by dipping your toe in the water yep. and, and you know going at a pace that works but it does speed up over time mm-hmm. so it's okay and often helpful or useful to kind of just take it slow in the beginning but it's it's about that closed loop is about isolation yeah mm-hmm. and it's connection that brings you out of any closed loop so if you're spiraling yes. if you're stuck I would say like where are you disconnecting and where do you need to be connecting yes like simplify yeah that's it's a very simple easy way to remember that disconnect it connect it like we can all understand that yeah yeah hmm. and then just and often, there oh sorry keep going <laughs> I was just thinking that there's often you know stories that we believe about the way the world works Mm. that would prevent us from connecting yeah so one of my personal ones and I always share from mine because I don't want to share necessarily anything (laughs) from clients um but one of my personal ones was always um you know I don't have a support system like other people same yeah yeah um I found it to be quite a common one (laughs) (laughs) um but when we can feel the emotion of the desperation in that the the deep um despair of it the lack of the hopelessness in it mm-hmm. when we can just sit with that and allow it to be we no longer need to change it we're no longer fighting with our reality we're no longer like going against trying to create a different reality we can accept it and say okay well if this is the situation yeah. what do I actually need and that's where we start to move into our empowerment so that for me was you know kind of saying you know I need to build my sort of friendship family mm-hmm. I need to work in an environment where I have I'm going to be supported where they have great benefits and where my immediate managers are caring kinds of people they have yes. those similar values to me yeah but so often we end up in because we're not taught about this yes. like part of our education unfortunately mm-hmm. yes yeah. um you know, we don't necessarily know how to do this stuff. Yeah. And we kind of have to 
teach ourselves bit by bit. And there are people out there who understand it. There's all, you know, there's always an argument that, oh, is this going into therapeutic ground? Because I'm not a therapist, so I kind of just think it's useful to say that. Um, I'm not a counsellor either. Mm-hmm. I am a career, what's called a career development coach in the UK. In the US, it's called a, a career counsellor, in fact, and we learn the same stuff. Um, but we like to be very technical in yeah. the UK for some reason. <laughs> and um, for me, I believe that we don't we don't help people with the processing part of mm-hmm. what's going on for them, with the emotional processing part. Mm-hmm. so well in coaching because it's kind of this taboo that it should belong in therapy and there are absolutely times when certain yeah um, reactions do need counseling or therapeutic support but then there are absolutely times when emotions are the thing that will move someone through into their own empowerment simply by acknowledging acknowledging it so yeah. a great example of this is something i offer people is uh it's called um an emotional resiliency assessment mm-hmm. and there's no good or bad there's no sort of rights or wrongs but it's a series of questions that you then sort of say where you sit on a scale mm-hmm. and we, then we talk about why yeah and when people do that they tend to kind of start telling stories and I'll say oh what do you think is behind that and yeah. we'll name the emotion yeah. and I've had clients who you know they've not been able to move forward and it turns out there's a story about you know a boss that gave them a really hard time and they've taken on that story as their identity Mm -hmm. and when we let them feel it without judging it by getting them to notice it to thank that emotion for coming up because it's anything you experience in your emotions Mm -hmm. is always serving you yeah um it's always got a positive intent even if it's not quite the right strategy yes yeah you know it's always serving us. So when we thank it, we can't be in a state of judgment because it's the state of judgment that takes us to the constriction and the darkness mm-hmm. that we associate to that illusion mm. of separation. Or disconnect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So moving into that state of gratitude, as you express that thanking the emotion and recognizing the intention behind that emotion like say for example if there was like a three-year-old like what jumps into my mind a three-year-old and they were like bringing you a glass of orange juice or something like that and they tripped and they spilled the orange juice are you going to freak out at that three-year-old that you know that they made a, a huge mess in what they're doing or are you going to recognize the intention is that they're trying to offer you something trying to do something good for you so kind of like almost whenever i'm working um with emotions, sometimes I like to look at it as like, just even if it's not coming from a childhood aspect of yourself, but like, maybe it was something that happened last week or last month or whenever it is, but also looking at it through the lens of like, this sweet little part of yourself and oh, how sweet, like, this is what they're trying to do. Like, thank you for that. Like, it's very much that energy of um, kind of looking at yourself from a different, a different lens of where that story came from and how you came to that conclusion was just a very natural response based on what you were working with. So it's just kind of like softening that, right? Yeah, totally. Mm. We all have a lot of stories that 
where we're in we're telling ourselves that we are not divine not good yeah. not enough, and so on and that all comes from those kinds of events you know they can be yeah. really small people think trauma is like this huge thing yeah. trauma can be the absence of something yeah. so one of the reasons sometimes people say well I don't have any trauma but I can't connect with my emotions it's like that was me yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's yeah. the absence of an experience that was needed for a healthy mindset and system set up yeah so if you have parents that don't emotionally attune to you yeah. that don't say oh why are you upset or what are you thinking or what's going on yeah. inside of you you don't learn to process yeah you know and this is this is like a this isn't to blame parents or our childhoods, right? This is a calling to our gifts. This yeah, is an opportunity, absolutely. as you say, to notice that really authentic self that was trying to offer this gift mm-hmm. of orange juice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But that goes into our life stories as well. So yeah. this is yeah. where I love to work is kind of whatever the arc of your life story there's probably going to be some trials and tribulations along the way and you've attached kind of these constricting stories that have the emotions and thoughts and paradigms and identity attached to it of who you are but you can you can always go back to that memory or to that scene and recognize what was your true intention yes yeah what was the gold or the gift or the divinity or the goodness or the value here and it's when we can hold that without needing it from the outside Mm. when you know as kids like if someone if you you know if you do make an offering like that and it you know often parents are busy you know and sometimes it's not because they're busy sometimes you know parents aren't quite wired up in the way maybe we'd hope exactly because they're their own programming too (laughs) exactly yeah so when we make those offerings, we have a choice and we don't have this choice as children, but yeah. as adults, you know, we can respond like a child yeah. as in, why don't they like me? Mm-hmm. I can't have, I, can't, I don't feel validated. I don't feel like I belong here. I don't feel like I deserve to exist or that I'm valued. And we yeah. can go into the emotional pattern and turmoil of that. Mm. Or we can say, actually, yeah, I'm having this experience right now. Yeah. That's how I responded as a child. Mm-hmm. How do I want to respond now? Yeah. But it's really hard, and I had a lot of resistance to this. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to take responsibility for my life. Yeah. I was absolutely against setting goals. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were a trap. I, they just didn't work for me in the early stages. And I think that part of that is that we inside are still hoping to change other people yeah. hoping that something outside of us will be different yeah and when we learn that that's never going to happen and we let go of that hope mm. we can move out of hopelessness and mm-hmm. say well what do i need to create to give myself that desired outcome that desirable experience in a different mm-hmm. yeah that focus within instead of on the outside yeah Beautiful. yeah so there's like this process of birth and death yeah yeah you know, you have to let go of something. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's part of your identity. Maybe it's a story. Yeah. Maybe it's a perspective. In order to, I want to correct myself, not let go. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Let be. I like the yes. word let yes. be. 
Yeah. yeah. Let go makes it feel like we've got to get rid of it. Yeah. There's not yeah, yeah. having it. So I, I'm like, let it be. Yeah. Just completely let it be. And then we can, that opens up the space for new opportunities that we have never seen. So we can cross over from this, you know, constricted world that we're living in into a more empowered world or from a trauma world into a healthy world might Mm. be a way that some people phrase it. Mm. So I feel like we could go on forever, but (laughs) I'm going to wrap up our conversation here and just ask, is there anything else uh, that you do want to share with the audience today before we are wrapping up? I would just say if you're at a point where you feel stuck, but you really want to grow or move forward in some way, um, know that whatever is present for you, whatever that resistance or stuckness is, um, it's just an old pattern that's trying to keep you safe and invite that pattern to update. Mm. When you set those intentions around what, when you're frustrated with anything, you know, get it out your system in terms of be really clear what it is that you're trying to move away from and then change your thinking and say, actually, what do I want to move towards? What's the experience mm-hmm. that I'm going to have here? Yeah. When we focus on moving towards what we want, mm-hmm. we actually get what we want. When we move away from what we don't want to experience or what feels bad or icky, we're not actually setting our course. Yeah. Um, so that would be my final point that if you change nothing else and take nothing else from this podcast take that. <laughs> take that I love that so much and where can people go to find you online Holly so people can go to evolving.careers okay um I'm actually going through a huge identity update myself in my business so a lot of that talks about leadership mm-hmm. but if you just want to get in touch with me you can email me at um holly at evolving.careers perfect I'll um, that below as well yeah if you are interested in a free emotional fitness mm-hmm. um, assessment, then anybody that drops me an email and says, I heard you on the Ascension podcast, yep. then I will give you that for free um, and offer you a 30-minute kind of little talk through um, what what you found through that process as well Mm, I love that all right well thank you so so much for joining me today and I'm excited to see where your next business evolution takes you to thank you so much thanks for having me on Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Get more details about today's guest and get your copy of Catalyst Magazine at the link in the show notes below.